Welcome to episode 24 of the BBCE, the best book club ever. Whether you are an avid reader or just like to relax and have fun, or both, join us each week for some awesome book discussion. The BBCE is a safe place to cultivate authentic friendship, share our real lives with you, and conquer all of life's problems. Well, you know. This is Sarah, and I am going to be your host for the next two weeks. Uh, And as always, I'm joined by my fellow BBCE members, Katie, Mandy, and Holly. And this week, we are hopefully going to challenge the way you see the world around you. So first, our random question. And I'm going to kind of uh, set this up a little bit. Um, So Sue Monk Kidd who is the author of the book that we have been reading. Um, She once stenciled on her, like going up her staircase, the words, writing is an act of courage. She says, writing is always that. It is ultimately a series of small daily braveries. So I wanted to ask you guys, um, have you ever had the courageous desire to write a book? or some kind of written work. Hey guys, this is Mandy. Um, so to answer your question, yes, I have always wanted to write a book and I've had many book topic ideas over the years. Um, but I totally like that quote was really profound because it seems intimidating to me. Like she uses the word courageous. It almost seems, it seems intimidating to me. Um, like it's putting your, there's so much of your own, I don't know, thought processes involved. And like, it is kind of, it is almost like, oh, people would see me, (laughs) you know, like even when I journal, um, which is, you know, for no one really, but me, um, and sometimes my therapist, but, um, (laughs) like even in that, that's feels intimidating just to put things on paper yeah you know so this is holly and i would love to write a book it is very intimidating because i do not believe i've been gifted with the um things that i think you would need like the talents you would need to write a book (laughs) like putting thoughts down in a clear way uh spelling grammar like my editor <laughs> would just kill for. me i mean my editor would be like i don't That's even not know true. like anyway <laughs> yes i have so many ideas for so many different books like looking forward while looking back and why now and wake up and I mean, these are not book titles. These are just ideas that go in my head. I also have this idea of a story about someone that gets cancer, and it's a fictional book, but, like, the cancer is the enemy, but you Mm. don't really even know that that's it until the end, and then you're, like, inside this person's body the whole entire time. That's, like, um, sci-fi. Now I've given the world my idea for this fictional book. Yes! (laughs) All of that to say, yes, I've thought of writing a book. I've not done one step to actually doing it. Oh, I wrote out chapter titles of a yes, few months did. ago of one of the books that I wanted Amazing. to write one of the times. That's cool. Katie here. I definitely have always wanted to write a book. It would it would be fiction, first of all. Um, because yeah, I'm not I'm not as brave okay. as, as the rest of you. <laughs> it would have to be completely fictional, so it's not like, oh, you're looking at Katie's life. Um but I, I've loved writing my whole life, and I wrote, I wrote books That's on, smart. you know, my mom's, like, old 1989 Apple computer all the time. Um, I love characters. Like, even as a kid, I was always coming up with this character, and it was always relational. Um, I have a note in my phone right now going where I just jot out, like, lines that come into my brain. Um, Writing is important for me because I don't process and verbalize my thoughts very clearly. And so it's very helpful for me to be able to 
do that on paper or to read somebody who does it well. Um, and so I think that's why I appreciate, I don't think I want to write a book anymore because I just want to be Sue Monk kid and there's no reason to write anything. <laughs> my nine does tell my, my Enneagram nine does tell me a lot though. Like you don't have anything to say. Like nobody's going to care what you have to say. Like, why would you, you know, there's nothing that hasn't been said that you could say in any way that someone would relate to better. That is the struggle. Well, well, I understand that's part of your personality, Katie. This is Mandy, but, um, but like that is not your personality Mm. telling you that that is the Mm. devil (laughs) because that is not true. You're right. It's not true. It's not true. true. Seriously. You say what some of the and most I'm sorry, profound things in the most yeah. beautiful ways. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't know how else to say that. <laughs> sorry. We're all going to write a book together. That's what we're going to do. I will do all the editing, and then you all I, just come up with the I'm fabulous Katie. ideas. <laughs> Katie. That's going to be my job. Like me, but I'm going to do the editing job. so that I can read the book later. <laughs> When you were talking, though, Katie, it reminded me I had to write a book in third grade, and this will tell you a lot about me. I wrote it with three characters, three violinists, and they were getting, like, attacked by a pizza delivery guy, and so the violinists took their bows and stabbed the pizza delivery guy in the eye, like... I even like illustrated the book and everything. I'm in the third grade and already <laughs> yes. am like murdering people in my oh fictional book with my violin though. Oh my gosh. If so I can find the book, that's I will post a picture on our Instagram so story or something. Cute. I was like plugging oh my, my nose goodness. so I didn't laugh super loud oh, into well. my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about doing that. Oh, I love y'all's answers. Um, answers, thank you so much. That was that was awesome. I think it's funny that we all are wanting to write a book. Um, so yes, I have thought about writing a book. Eddie and I have actually talked off and on over the years about writing like some children's books. Um, because I just think that would be like a fun like project for us to do and he's such a good like illustrator or artist I think that he could illustrate some beautiful drawings and um it there would probably be like a turtle in it I think it would probably be about a turtle and I don't know anyways that's just something that we've thrown around a little bit over the years um and then I've also considered writing like a kind of like an autobiography type book, um, just like my story. So I would want it to just be beneficial to somebody though. I don't want to just tell my story for kicks. <laughs> so I don't know how that would work, but anyways, so I think, yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to hop into the publisher synopsis. Katie, take it away. In her mesmerizing fourth work of fiction, Sue Monk Kidd takes an audacious approach to history and brings her acclaimed narrative gifts to imagine the story of a young woman named Anna. Raised in a wealthy family with ties to the ruler of Galilee, she is rebellious and ambitious with a brilliant mind and a daring spirit. She engages in furtive scholarly pursuits and writes narratives about neglected and silenced women. Anna is expected to marry an older widower, a prospect that horrifies her. An encounter with 18-year-old Jesus changes everything. Their marriage evolves with love and conflict, humor and pathos in Nazareth, where Anna makes a home with Jesus, his brothers, and their mother, Mary. Anna's pent-up longings intensify amid the turbulent resistance to Rome's occupation of Israel, partially led by her brother Judas. She is sustained by her fearless Aunt Yaltha, who harbors a compelling secret. When Anna commits a brazen act that puts her in peril, she flees to Alexandria, where startling revelations and greater dangers unfold, and she finds refuge in unexpected, unexpected surroundings. 
Anna determines her fate during a stunning convergence of events considered among the most impactful in human history. Grounded in meticulous research and written with a reverential approach to Jesus' life that focuses on his humanity, The Book of Longings is an inspiring, unforgettable account of one woman's bold struggle to realize the passion and potential inside her, while living in a time, place, and culture devised to silence her. It is a triumph of storytelling, both timely and timeless, from a masterful writer at the height of her powers. Awesome. Thank you, Katie. So this week, we will be discussing The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd. So I originally heard about this book um, because she was a guest on Brene Brown's Unlocking Us (laughs) podcast. And she, I know you love her. Um, (laughs) I'm getting addicted to her as well. Um, So Sue Sue Monk Kidd made a comment in her podcast. Um, She said she had read something by Marcus Borg, which I had never heard of him before, but his stuff sounds super interesting also. Um, And he said, there's the pre-Easter Jesus and there's the post-Easter Jesus. Um, And then she went on to say that we put so much emphasis on his divinity that it overshadows his humanity. And I just, like, that just really gripped me and really made me want to, like, read this book just because I think that's so true. Um, So I just wanted to kind of, I know Katie just read the synopsis, but I wanted to kind of give an opening um, because the book kind of starts out with this. Um, So Anna's Aunt Yalfa gave her an incantation bowl, um, and she tapped, like, the bone covering her heart and told her, write what's inside here, inside your holy of holies. And so Anna wrote, bless the largeness inside me, no matter how I fear it. When I am dust, sing these words over my bones. She was a voice. Um, So I just wanted to share that at the very beginning because I wanted our listeners to kind of know the character that we're going to be talking about. Um, That is who she was in her purest form. And um, I just wanted to share that at the very beginning before we kind of dove into the questions. So... um, What did you think of Anna's question in the book? She said, did they believe making him celibate rendered him more spiritual? Um, And then Sue Monk Kidd mentioned that there has been a centuries-old division between spirit and flesh in which sexuality is viewed as unholy. Um, What do you guys think about all that? I guess I'll jump in first. This is Katie. Um, I have another quote from Sue Monk Kid that I'm going to read because of that question. Um, just because I, re- I read a lot of okay. her stuff, a lot of her, um, <laughs> her nonfiction writing um, about spirituality. And this is a point that she brings up quite often. And I think it is worth talking about. Um, I'm sure the rest of you guys will have plenty to say on the topic. Um, but like you said, there has been a division in what we are taught or how we you know are supposed to view and behave in our sexuality or or just that side of us um and this is the quote that I wanted to read this is actually from her book um called when the heart waits it said at times I tended to ignore my feeling sexual side by living in the airy spaces of spirit and intellect believing that the workings of my mind were superior to my feelings and that my spirit was much more important than my body. I tended to live in my head. Yet God didn't prioritize the parts of me. God created my emotions, my instincts, my senses, and my body, as well as my spirit and my mind, and pronounced them all good. So I love thinking about like the good gift that our bodies are, that that physical, like sexual side of when I say sexual, you know what I mean? I mean, physical. Um, I think we do tend to prioritize those. Um, and I think in different ways. So it's all about that like connection, that interconnectivity that we, I feel like we really truly get a picture of like the wholeness of how God created us. Thank you, Katie. 
Wow, I never really thought about it that way. That's so interesting because we do mm -hmm. prioritize like other parts of our bodies then and even like it's easier to hide things like in our mind than on mm. the outward physically of what's going on. Mm. Isn't that awesome? Um, that has yeah. me I heard thinking. Yeah. And I heard something the other day that I feel like kind of went that. with this and it said emotions are a way of thinking. And I was like, hmm. No, it, I, I, they didn't say that your emotions should be your only driving force or that they should be like at the front, but they are to be considered. Like they are part of the way we can interact with the world around us. And they're, they're important. Yeah. They're important and they're good. And how God created yeah. us. He gave us those. We can't those. just be like. We can't just like. Well, our emotions well, are the automatic results of what we think about something. To, it's the automatic results of our perceptions. So, Right. Well, and mm. to, to quote our very wise <laughs> friend Mandy the other day, oh. she said. Wah, wah. I'm going to read the text that she said because oh. it was so good. Oh, really? She said the possibility of a panic attack doesn't mean you should probably do it. It means it deserves the respect this enough was... to think about it. And I, think I agree. That is very wise. Straight from an Enneagram five. I, I have to say, I, that I was. I'm. Yeah. I'm so glad. Thank you. For that was that on the podcast. I'm super proud. Of it was. That. I thought it, it was, was true. <laughs> was so good because i'm just yeah. like it's do scaring it scared. you crazy do it, do it scared. yeah well that's what, <laughs> well that's what sarah had said well, <laughs> jump off a bridge it's scary do it if you're uh, i'm just kidding to post it. you, you know it. i'm like no this is no, why no. we need all perspectives though like anyway, it is so good to have a five in our it is to be like it is wait a second be rational. Oh. Don't do it just because, like, that's not really, like, the way that you judge, oh. that you should judge things always. But yeah. it did give me the proper perspective to say, like, okay, what, like, just because I'm feeling this way doesn't mean I should do it. But if I'm feeling this way because I'm scared that, like, I, this would go way too into, like, Enneagram discussion. But for me having a panic attack because I fear conflict and knowing that I can enter into it and disagree with people. And that does not mean that I don't love them. Like that was okay for me to do that scared. Like, well, it wasn't going to change the fact well, that I was, it was scared, but I still had to do it. <laughs> well, it was also Facebook and that's yeah. so typical of what we see on Facebook. So your fear was extremely real. Mm. And by the way, your post was excellent. So well, thank you. Nice. I love yeah. my friends that I yep. can run things by okay. and will and like just speak so much yeah. grace to me. It's, that it's was not like your fear of being called out and argued with was totally unfounded. You could have had two hundred people jump on you arguing. It was you not irrational. Yeah, and I think like, I probably laid oh. it heavy on the like, hey, just so you know. No. I am good. terrified. That may have helped people to back <laughs> off a little bit. Like it was a very positive comment thread, though. Like, I went back. Okay, let me it. give, like, a little premise to that whole discussion that either just happened or is about to happen. I'm going to give myself some wiggle room in editing. Katie um, is an Enneagram 9, and Facebook, I think, for all of us right now is very polarizing and a lot of black and white issues and a lot of people fighting right now. And so she just wanted – she wrote something – very pure, very, um, very eloquently stated um, about some of the things that are going on here locally and globally. Um, and so she wanted our opinion on how it sounded. And so that is what sparked that discussion. Yes. Thank you for that. There Holly. we go. I'm going to just bring didn't want to leave our <laughs> listeners going, what the heck are they talking about? Okay. So to go back to, um, our spirit and our flesh. Um, so I was just going to say that I think that we definitely have put sexuality on a pedestal um, and not considered enough, like if our spirit is healthy. Um, so if my spirit had been healthy, like when I was younger, I don't think that my sexuality would have played such a large role in my relationships 
and all the shame that came with trying to like stay pure. Um, cause those, like you said, Katie, like it's all of it. Like it's supposed to walk hand in hand. It's not, we're not supposed to separate things. And I don't think that that's something that we were taught. Like when we were growing up that it's like, it's a like whole. the spiritual and whole. the physical and the and sexual. It's a whole. So. Right. Well, that's exactly. interesting that you said like <clears throat> that we, um, I think what you're saying as a culture, we have put sexuality on this pedestal or that's what you know has been sold to us um as like you know this is what can I, I don't know what you're saying makes sense to me but the shame aspect of like staying pure I feel like that does just a just as much of a disservice to how we act out our sexuality as does the like overemphasis of it and and same oh I feel goodness. like the I feel yeah. like the solution to that problem is to realize that we are created as a whole being and all of these facets do play a role and we're not gonna we're not gonna get there so to speak until we learn how to really incorporate that that wholeness um because I'm the same like I feel like sexuality was like yep all I saw and heard and knew and thought like that was just pushed and pushed and then and then on the flip side it was like now you're gonna be shamed for it well sorry I'm a person (laughs) like I am a person I just have a question because yeah uh, another thing that is pushed, I think, pretty heavy on us, especially we have all been in the church, uh, is that, like, our spirituality is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. like, top level. Mm -hmm. So how does that fit in? And I'm just asking a question. How does that fit in with the wholeness, like, being whole? And, like, are we saying spirituality, our physical bodies, sexual bodies, mental bodies, whatever, our minds we're all supposed to be equal. How does that fit in with our spirituality being, I I guess, I guess we put God first, not our spirituality. I think I just answered my own question. Thank Mm. you. I I don't get, is that, (laughs) did I make make sense? You're asking like practically, how do we do this? How do we incorporate? Well, well, because that wholeness, especially incorporating spirituality into that wholeness Mm kind of goes against what, quite frankly, we're shamed for sometimes for not yeah. doing, yeah. which is putting the spiritual aspect, religious aspect first and priority. Right. Right. He right. Did. But God created our whole body. He did. I think he it's just, just a matter we're not of, just spiritual uh, of, of, I think the answer yep. is like, they're not, yeah, Jesus is supposed to be first. Right. And in putting him first, we do that without prioritizing our own, like, right. I put him first because, because I'm super spiritual or I'm in my head and can tell you all the super spiritual things. It's because I'm a well-rounded person, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good answer. Okay. Thank you for letting me talk that out. I'm not exactly sure where we landed on that. But I think that's okay. Jeez, we landed okay. on Jesus first, but that does not I, look like. The whole, and then we are the whole people that He created us to be, mm-hmm. spiritually, physically, mentally, sexually, whatever. Like, I could think that's the conclusion I've come to, and people may disagree with me. And if you do, I would love to hear from you. But just because you desire and you try to put Jesus first doesn't mean that the mental and the physical yeah. are okay. Mm, yeah. Like your mental and physical is not always. Yeah. Those have to be healthy also. Like, well, Jesus doesn't just fix that. Does that make sense? I'm so sorry to do this to you, Sarah. I'm so sorry. Okay. (laughs) You're doing awesome, Sarah. You're doing awesome. I think it's an important conversation. All right. So what do you guys think was the most 
like human thing about Anna and Jesus's relationship. Oh, I love that. I did not like their relationship. Didn't like their relationship. No, I didn't. Okay. I thought it was like a love at first sight. It wasn't developed that well. And then (laughs) Jesus just left her. Like I didn't. There's my summary of like their relationship. That's fine. It bothered me because of who I know Jesus is. And I can look at this as a piece of fiction. Um, But I don't Mm. think that that's how Jesus would have been as a husband. Hmm. Like, he just didn't seem. (sighs) I. I I left like the judgment of her like imagination in this because she did she did she did completely approach it saying yeah yeah this is a work of fiction there is some historical stuff and I've done a crap ton of research so don't even come at me with that but then at the same time like we all could imagine Jesus Jesus and his relationship however we want to you know like I may not want him to be But she did, like, have to make it follow. Like, he was doing ministry where, obviously, there was no wife known about she wasn't with him. That The whole, like, Jesus in the Bible, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. But you're like, he wouldn't have done that. That was so hard because it was like Mm. there were other women around him during his Mm. ministry. And that's where I had such a hard time of not being able. Why wasn't Anna there? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know she wasn't in the Bible, I but gotcha. it's also a work of fiction, you right. know? Well, that's why my answer to this question was that I think, the to me, the most human aspect of it was that they had to part ways because he, he was called, he was sent to earth to do God's work and to make him be known. And she personally made a choice that put her life in danger. And so she was unable to follow him. So it wasn't that he didn't want her to be with him. It's just, she made a choice and that choice put her life in danger. So she had to go away. So I liked the, I liked the tension of like him wanting his wife to be with him and she wanted to be with him, but she chose to do something that, that she thought was right but there were consequences. And so mm. life is not the way that you want it to be all the time. And so it made her be separate from her husband for two years. Um, and it did suck. Like it just sucked. Um, to me, that was like the most human thing about it. Um, Cause it wasn't happy or pretty or mm-hmm. it was just kind of messy and sad. That's good. All right. Um, So was there ever a time in the book that you felt like you could have been Anna? Like that you connected with her character at all? (laughs) If any of us says that we couldn't connect on at least the, the reality of how women have been perceived over the history of the church. I, I mean, I can, I can definitely, I'm sorry. I shouldn't put that like, well, if any of y'all say that you're crazy. (laughs) I related in that way, just on a very (laughs) surface level. Like it has just been a historical fact that women have not been elevated in heard or seen um and I know your question before Sarah about the human aspect of their relationship this wouldn't have answered that but my favorite part of their relationship was that Jesus allowed her to be heard and seen and who she was and he honored that and spoke life over that to her. Like I loved the nickname that he gave her little thunder. Um, I just thought that was precious for lack of a better term. It was so precious. Um, because I mean, he saw (laughs) those, those deep longings within her and we should not try to 
minimize those or feel like they're wrong if we're a woman in the church to want to have that voice. Like we should not be made to feel that way. And so I related to that 159,000%. I love throwing out random big numbers. I just have felt that. (laughs) And it's hard. It really is. Um, yeah. I don't want to get stuck there and make it sound like, um, place that I just dwell in the, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't do me any good to just be like, this has happened to me and it sucks. Um, but that is, it is true to my experience and it does, does suck. Well, and it'd be an easy place to get stuck in Katie, because Mm. I mean, (laughs) not all that's lifted yet. Right. And it may not be until we get to heaven, you know, thank the Lord for that. And thank, I mean, and really I did appreciate, um, again, just that I feel like this book, correct me if I'm wrong, like Jesus was not the main character, even though you're like, oh, it's a book. It's Jesus. We've got to talk about Jesus. It was Anna. Right. And I appreciated like, um, yeah, just the value and in the Bible, Jesus did put value and emphasize the worth of women all day, every day. And so I think this was a really good different perspective to show that you know just show it in a story not like a theological argument but just in a story um that was imaginative and could have been anything you know like I said it her way of telling the surrounding things because that's what she was saying there were surrounding things that nobody knows about as far as his life went he lived 30 years so there were things that were not written about so let's just tell a story. I love that aspect of the book, the beginning of the book where she, it was talking so much about the history and women and Anna even figuring out that there were other women that had come before her that had written things. Mm, And mm. I loved all of that. Yeah. I thought that was really neat. I know I, I really wanted, I tried with the questions to like I know there's one that specifically was about Jesus and Anna, but like, because the book was about Anna, I wanted to, mm-hmm. I didn't want to focus on Jesus. <laughs> um, cause she was, she was definitely the main character. Right. Well, yeah, it wasn't a book about Jesus. I mean, he was in it, but right. um, anyway, um, one of my, I don't know what you call them on Facebook friends, like that. <laughs> I mean, you've met them a couple times in your life, maybe done some like, I, Follow I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't know what you call this person. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but she's like, she gets a new book every single month. Well, this was the book that she got. And it even um, surprised her that mm. she would pick this book because she's outright atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and her mm-hmm. review, she loved this book. Wow. I don't think it's because of the way they portrayed portrayed Jesus, mm-hmm. but she was like, Jesus is almost like a footnote in honest story in right. this book. And I can agree with her on that. But I just thought it was funny how, I mean, you know, I like to find those when I don't necessarily agree with mm-hmm. the person, but yet we can find some middle ground yeah. and something. Books yeah. are a great way to do we that, to have book. discussions awesome. where you open your mind to things that you don't. I mean, that's what we've been doing for 10 years with each other. We have not done anything like, let's just all write things that we can nod our heads and be happy. We, We yeah, I'm not sure that would work. I think he would find that. (laughs) Um, Or for anyone. She, uh, it made me cringe the first uh, couple, few hours of the book. I, I was cringing like, oh my goodness. Like, she did not want to marry this man. And then she, like, seriously, I was like, if I had to do that, I think I would probably want to run so far. Mm. And I thought it was interesting in many ways. I don't, I don't know um, that she 
ran to Jesus? First of all, she ran to another man. But if we put it in this spiritual aspect, she ran to Jesus who valued her and loved her and gave her worth, which was probably so opposite of what she was feeling from the marriage she was supposed to have, you know? Um, so I have lots of thoughts about that, but, but yeah, run, running, I think I would be like, oh, I am. Yeah, I mean, she could immediately tell. Wherever this takes me. I mean, Mm -hmm. just being real. Peace out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she could tell from the very beginning that he was different Mm. than the other men in her life. Um, I think two of the ways that like I, I connected with her or that just like really pricked my heart was when she thought Jesus had to go on a trip to, was it Jerusalem maybe or somewhere? Um, and she thought he was going to leave her and he was like, pack your bags, you're coming with me. And she's like, she was so happy that, that he didn't leave her behind. And he was like, he specifically told her that if it was up to him, um, she would always go with him like everywhere. Um, but because of, you know, society back then, that wasn't always possible. Um, and it just made me think about like my heavenly father that like he wants me to go everywhere I go with him. Like he wants to be present with me. He invites me, um, to be with him. Um, and he wants me to invite him to be with me. And that just, I don't know, that really spoke to my heart. And then also like, I literally cried when, (laughs) um, I know, shocking. Um, I literally cried when Anna came, um, came across Jesus and he was like carrying the cross, um, that, that Mm. tore me up. Like Mm. I could just Mm -hmm. envision myself there. Um, because you know, we know ultimately as Christians, like we put him on the cross and it just made it very real to me. And, um, I don't know. It just, I thought that was really beautiful and how she like stayed with him and was like, I'm here. I'm right here. I'm not going to leave you. And she just like spoke out to him. Um, I don't know. I just thought that part was mm-hmm. really beautiful. I love what you said about like, I felt several times in the book um, that her expanding through her imagination of just like the surroundings of things that we don't get at all. Um, you know, I think, I think pastors do this sort of stuff all the time, like try to put yourself in the scene, but she just did a really good job of doing that for me. Like I really, really, like you said, yeah, she was did. like, Oh, and how she would make things like, and obviously I'm not taking this as, as truth again, it was just a neat way to, um, like, use my imagination to connect with Jesus, which, honestly, I feel like people might say that's, like, not right or a little crazy. But our imaginations, when I think about that, I think about how, like, children use their imaginations and how Jesus elevated children and said, let the little children come to me. So I just loved how like this part, like, did anyone think that Tabitha, the character of Tabitha, like having her in the book just changed everything for me, like her character and story and just how it relate, like interworked. Um, and how Sumant kid again, just used her imagination to say like, there were obviously things going on in the real human Jesus's world and life. And I'm just going to paint like a little picture or story for you it was great I loved it I just threw Tabitha out there and I was like she just added so much and just the the connection of Judas Anna's brother who is actually you know Judas the real Judas the betrayer of the Bible but how like you saw a whole different side of that story that you 
that you don't get in the Bible. And of course, not saying that you're seeing the true story of what happened, but it was just interesting. It was very interesting. I thought, right. Right. But I mean, he was a human being. He wasn't, his identity was not, Mm. he portrayed, Mm -hmm. he betrayed Jesus. That wasn't his identity. God created him. He was a human being. They had a relationship. So I think that especially humanized him. I love how she used him to tell like the political ongoings that were going on in the story at the time. I loved all of that. I bet. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, I would, I would recommend to you guys. So like, I think I'm going to mention this later, but I read an interview that Penguin Random House did with Sue Monk Kid, and um, she talked about how when she was younger, I don't remember how old she was, but she actually went overseas like to a lot of these places that she talks about in the book, and it was just cool that like, I mean, she had like journal journals full of information that she had written when she was younger, that she was able to pull out for this book. I mean, it's, you know, years and years and years later that she had no idea at the time that she was going to use to write this, but it made it like, I think that's why it made it so real because she'd been to so many of the places and she had a journal and her mom's journal full of like very specific information and like the the smells and the textures and the just like all that stuff so I thought that was really really cool yeah Um, she absolutely painted a very vivid picture for me I've never been so this was like the next best thing the closest thing to seeing these historical places that I've only you know just read a line that names a place in the bible but I have no idea like yeah she talked about the like you said it gave it texture yeah it was amazing yeah so one talked about food (laughs) I know (laughs) oh my gosh um Mm. one of the I think really cool aspects of this book that she came across in her research um she talks about this in the interview also is the therapeutic um and it was like it's a historically accurate community that was in Egypt during the time of Jesus um, and I just thought that was amazing. And so like, what do you guys think would have been your favorite aspect of like that lifestyle? If you had gotten to live in that community. In some ways, I feel like without the, the community, I feel like the sitting quietly and having time to contemplate and just be still and write that has been my quarantine life. It's been, for me, it's been amazing in that aspect. Like I have had months where, and I've always been, once again, Enneagram 9, I tend to be okay with stillness and, you know, all of that. But I hadn't realized just how much I was missing out on that just because I'm doing stuff with my kids' activities and all that, and without those things, I've really enjoyed being able to spend as much time as I want praying and writing and doing those things. It's been really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And reading all the Sumant Kid, I can get my hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm a little bit obsessed. Holly's Brene Brown obsession and my Sumant Kid obsession. <laughs> Listen, you guys are giving us some like really good content, so keep it up. <laughs> I love Brene Brown. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has a favorite aspect of that lifestyle, but I just liked, um, like for that time period, it was for the therapeutic was for men and women, but I loved the aspect, especially of the women being able to go there and they weren't just expected to like cook and clean and all these things. Like they were expected to take time and like learn and think about spiritual things and just to have that freedom and to, 
in that society, it seems like almost be like an equal to a male. Um, I, I really, I really enjoyed that aspect. Mm. So there were several times that Anna put others in danger or herself because she felt it was the right thing to do, or it seemed like the only way to get what she wanted. Um, can you guys think of like any times that you maybe would have chosen differently or thought she didn't make the right choice? I think their whole story um, with her and her aunt about why they went to the bathhouse, like, had so many holes in it when <laughs> when they were going to, like, that bathhouse. And then, like, they forgot the jewelry. And so the slave girl, which was actually the, uh, the aunt's daughter, came to give it back to her. There were so many holes in that story. I was like this is stupid, this is stupid, <laughs> you are not thinking this through. I think they I were agree. feeling the same way. It was the, it Why was are the you daughter. Doing this? Yeah. It's like, you're And then obviously... I was like, don't talk first. Figure out how you're going to get out of this if you get caught. You're going to get us murdered. Can... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Holly was, was like, like, use what? my superpower of deception, <laughs> the best sin, and... They need. They needed that. They needed. I think I'm finding more and more out. I am not deceptive. I am no, a very honest person. I totally agree. I think threes, when they do their work, are so authentic, and I love that. Yeah. The power of vulnerability. Look at me You've standing up for myself. You've got it. Yeah. She's like, I'm not deceptive. I was I, totally. I am going to say, stand up for myself. Sorry, I shouldn't have thrown that joke out there. And you know, I was totally I'll kidding. I'll stand up for myself. Like, Look at me. They should be better at this. They should be better at deceiving others. I don't no. think you deceive others because, you. yes, your your yeah. threeness is not about that anyway. Like Sarah, I think it's saying self-deception, like being able to be honest with others. That's what I always thought <sighs> that right that tendency was. I don't know, Sarah. And your answer to your own question is that you don't know, as far as. Did she, would I have done anything? Would I have chosen anything differently? My answer I is I would have been smarter. <laughs> That's, that was my answer. The short answer. I mean, I would like, have been smarter than her. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel bad that you think about it and you think like um, she could have not made the agreement with um, – Herod and Tippus to do the more the uh, the mural yeah, the or, mosaic. or what was it the tile mosaic the mosaic of her face she did it to save her brother yeah. and then you think well and then he turns out to be the mm. idiot stick that he was you know I mean it, like it could have been way different but um, again it was just interesting to see how like the historical fact had to like she did have to weave this story into where like. Anna couldn't have been with Jesus because she wasn't in the Bible. And so she had to get, come up with like, okay, how did the story play out to make sure that that makes sense? Because the Bible does not include right. Anna. Um, I, I remember or, there was like a specific time in the story that I was like, she's going to get to be with him during his ministry. Like I really thought that she was going to be with him during his ministry and that we were going to get to see that aspect of it because there were women mm. with him. Um, mm-hmm. But then it didn't happen. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> yeah. And there certainly probably could have been unnamed women, you know? I mean, right. again, this is all just using I guess our that, imagination. That again, going back to what I said a couple questions ago, I guess I didn't understand why she wrote it that way because it was like, it's still fiction. You could have. Like yeah, she could have added on a, right there alongside sure. I would have loved to seen, seen like her and Jesus as a team you know in ministry oh, like rocket okay, girl because she's so smart and she had like these prophetic dreams and you know and all of these things that like was this backstory of us so I was like I was like oh man I can't wait for her to get in ministry with Jesus side by side and then she's on her own like yeah it left it home <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Sorry. I love the but book, though. because of that, <laughs> she found out about the therapeutic, and her 
life was like so rich after that because Hmm. Jesus didn't stay. (laughs) Like, yeah, he left and went to heaven. And so she was, she had this awesome community of like women and friends and something that she was passionate about. After Jesus died. She what? She could have met them after Jesus died. (laughs) Or, you know. Yeah. It could have been a million different ways. Did you like, though, gosh, now I I always do this. I don't answer questions until they've already passed. I can't come up with things. The moment has passed. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it. No, don't. I mean, that's just part of it. I was just thinking like how Jesus would like state some of his, um, what is the word I'm trying to, uh, but uh, I can't even think of the word. Like his wisdom? When he, yes, he would impart the, you know, the phrases from, that we know as canon. Something about the lilies of the valley. Something that he would say, yeah, consider the liter, and she would be like, don't you Hmm. bring that to me right (laughs) Right. now. (laughs) But there were also times where she would say something to him that you could see like the opposite take effect where he would like, he values her enough that this story at least is showing that what she's saying is affecting how he ministers to others. I thought it was interesting. Hmm. That's good. I like that. Uh, Okay. So the last question I have for you guys um, is, did you have any kind of aha moments or Um, things that made you think about something like in a different way, gave you like a different perspective or anything like that? I think I really connected with the way she wrote in this time period. Um, I was able to, I've read other books from this time period in history, but the way she put all of those pieces and the culture into the book really made those connections more vivid for me. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. She- and then the way she, she really wrote um, strong women into this, you know, women that were not as, I mean, they were like, mm, I'm going to figure out a way around this if this is what, people are going to tell me I have to do. Yeah. I loved that too. Yeah. Um, Mandy, were, I asked if there were any aha moments of things that made you think, or things that made you think of something in a different way. Not yet. I don't think, I don't know that I'm far enough. I'm, I am about five hours in. Um, I was just sitting here thinking that, and by the way, I just, I can't wait to finish it. Like even with all these spoilers, I can't, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. But anyway, Mm. um, I was sitting here thinking that, um, no aha moments yet, but I am getting to the part where like you guys have talked a lot about, um, how women have been viewed and honest concerns with that and how how that's incorporated into the book and I do already see that so and it sounds from what you guys have talked about like that is a theme that will continue throughout Andy I appreciate that you said that like I wasn't even I don't know why I didn't realize that there were going to be spoilers but that tells us that our listeners can join us and hear things without it like even if there's things that we tell like happen in the book it doesn't spoil the book you know, unless we're like, and, and we do know, like, we do know the, what happens to Jesus, the end, so to speak, <laughs> as far as yeah, Jesus. Well, yeah, we do know yeah. that side. So there's so much that we, you know, that you won't know unless you read the yeah. book. So our spoilers aren't going to give that oh, away. Oh man, there's something I want to say, but it, I think it's oh, a wow. hardcore spoiler, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I also, I loved, the other thing I really loved in this story was, um, what is the um, the aunt's name? Yalfa. Yalfa. I loved her relationship with Anna through the whole thing. I loved Yalfa's story. Yes. I loved, I think, every single aspect of Yalfa's story. I just really, really enjoyed that about her. Yeah, she book. was so a thankful strong for woman. that. I have, she was very um, strong. 
Yes. And, and wise, like so wise. I have absolutely loved, I'm going to work on, um, like when I have a phrase that kind of can really just go with me into pretty much anything in my life, I like to hand letter it because, (laughs) well, there were two. Okay. You probably do know what I'm going to say. Um, (laughs) the one I was going to say, which if it's not this one, I know the other one that you were thinking, um, all will be well. Oh, I have really, Mm. really thought about that so much. Like I've talked to my mom so many times. She still does not have her pathology results. There's been like Mm. some confusion of which doctor it needed to be sent to. And I like, we might have to read that quote next week uh, where Yaltha talks about like, all will be well. It doesn't mean that when like it doesn't mean that life will give you all good things. It doesn't mean that there won't be struggles or hard things or bad things, but like in us, in mm. that place where we are connected with God eternally, like all will be well. Yeah. And I have like just repeated that phrase a million times. And that was from Yaltha. Yeah. And she also talked about um, letting life be life and death be death yeah and it just it's so freeing it's so much like how we cannot control we are like holly always says we are not god and i just have to remind myself like how much easier is that's god's- my mantra yes. we are not god we are not god it's the best and it i is. think about that too i need a hand letter that but it was to tell themselves like- that they're not god i have to remind myself of that every day <laughs> Oh, I think we all need to remind ourselves of that. I feel like the world would be a much better place if we all reminded ourselves. <laughs> we're not God. Not. Listen, God Brown is like we do not. We're we're not here to be right. We're here to get it right. Uh, yeah, I love that like, one too. Damn. That's been a good one. It is yeah, so true. Really it is good. so true. And how much lighter, like Jesus says, "Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls." Like if we can just lay all that stuff down that we do not need to carry with us. Like I just, it's so freeing to me to just be like, repeat that over my soul. All will be well. Yeah. So I loved that part of the book. Good. It was so good. I, I agree. Like the let life be life and let death be that death. That was like Mm -hmm. a, I feel like a sucker punch to my gut (laughs) in a good way. So that's probably not the best way to describe it, but, um, it really helps keep things in perspective. Like this is not the end. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we've had a lot of, not just because of COVID, like we've had, there have been a lot of death, you know, going on right now, but just in general, we've had some hard things happen in our circle that are either death related or somebody could die or things like that. And it just helps ground me and to not personally, because I struggle with this, get caught up in all the feelings that are connected. Um, I, you just have to let life be life and death be death. And I just like that spoke to my soul like so much Mm. um and then (laughs) the other thing that I want to dig deeper into is it um she referenced several times in the book the feminine spirit of God Sophia and I loved that um Mm. I mean you guys know my daughter's name is Sophia and (laughs) we added a h to the end of the name because when you do that, it means belonging to God. And I wanted my daughter Mm. to have God's wisdom. Um, and then her middle name is grace. And so that is like just a prayer that I pray for her. And so I loved that she brought that into the book and I want to learn like some more about that. Um, I just found that fascinating and it was just a cool, detail. I might have missed that part of the book. You missed that part? How could you miss that? (laughs) I might have missed God's feminine spirit in this book. I don't think I got it. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was very cool because they that's like who um who Anna wrote that song that poem so to speak to Sophia and it was actually yep. uh I was this at the end of the book, like the after? That was um, an actual, real. It was a real document. She like, found that document and then put it, it in the book. was written like, you know, in like early, 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 early century after Christ. But it was about, and that's who she mentioned, like the therapeutic worshipped Sophia. Right. Or not worshipped, but they... Um, would study that that feminine aspect right. of God. That, right. Oh my. Yeah. I will have to go back and listen to that part. I also, sorry, this has, I love the bowl too. This is at the beginning of the oh, book the where she like writes her prayer of sort of like the other guy oh, dying and then man. it comes true. I love that. <laughs> I know. And she was like so many times. Right. Random. Okay, I didn't want to happy, uh, so I had to go to my room. <laughs> like over her betrothed getting sick and all this. Yeah. <laughs> I threw the. And I went on the I, roof and danced. I threw the bowl across the room. <laughs> I was like, I am. Um, I need a I, bowl like that. Oh man! Can that be gonna... the gift that we get in the for our the oh. podcast? Is one of those oh, bowls? My oh, mind man. has already been like working. I uh, did that not would expect be cool. that would be very this cool. discussion <laughs> and this book to quite affect me like this. So, thank you guys. You blessed me. Hmm. You blessed me. Thanks. Sometimes that happens. Love you. Oh, thank you, Sumant kid. Oh, yeah, you're the wisest <laughs> no, and the best. I am. And no, Brene Brown is. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Mandy is. Oh, oh that's no. true, Mandy is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man. Oh goodness. Oh, you guys are awesome. So, in closing this week's podcast, uh, I I must say that the three of you embody Yolfa to me. She is described in the book like this. Her mind was an immense feral country that spilled its borders. She trespassed everywhere. Sue Monk Kidd said in an interview with Penguin, Penguin Random House that there were probably, these were probably her two favorite sentences that she wrote in the whole book. Um, she said that Yolfa acts as Anna's stand-in mother, soul friend, guide, and spiritual midwife. I cannot think of a more beautiful way to communicate to you three how meaningful you are to my life. I am learning to be free because you are teaching me to be. I love you <sighs> We were just trying oh, to lighten so, Sarah, the podcast. So sweet. <laughs> so sweet. Uh, I know. Thank you. One person, stop Sorry, crying. No, no. Thank Sorry. you. No. I am the only one that hasn't cried Yay in this for podcast. You. I'm like the oh. heartless. Uh, now we have a goal. Deceiver. You're not. My again. goal next time oh is trying to make Holly cry. Oh. Do I need to Holly read it again? Holly and her goals. <laughs> Me and Throw my goals. Throw some pepper in your eyes. Uh. I was thinking to bring it back to the beginning, like, who is going to accomplish writing their book? Well, first? I'd like to Ooh. say yeah. the title of my Who's book. Who's going to win at that? There you my go. My book is called... My book is called Hashtag Wake Up Church. It's going to be nice. like a thousand pages long. Mandy's in the running. <laughs> Sorry. She has chapters. <laughs> what do you mean Mandy's her? in the running? I already have chapters well, I was laid out. say Mandy's in the running. Katie's in the running you. because she has like a whole notes thing. And then Holly's in the you. running because she has chapter. I have nothing right now, so... <laughs> You have an I bet Katie has written I enough though, in her life to actually Sorry. publish like a book of essays. <laughs> like I don't, I have not written that much. I have written a lot, but none of it will flow together into a book. It's just like a messy hodgepodge cool. of nothing. But sometimes that's the most interesting, though. It could be to we'll some see. people. Holly <laughs> would be like. I love you, Katie. I will listen to your book wow. on audio. I hope you don't read it. <laughs> no. Oh, I will say, listening to Enneagram Nines on podcasts, I'm like, crap. This is a, it's a dig to like the worst, well, not the worst that side of me. Hilarious. There's worse, but it totally brings out how awful it is to listen to You're myself. And Enneagram Nine, every Enneagram so Nine, though. Oh, brother. So 
scattered. I know, but man. Well, and then oh that is gosh, that I is the it. devil just using so that hard. to continue <laughs> speaking untruth to who you are to yourself. Like that's oh. anyway. It's true. You Preach. need to keep, I need you. Preach. I need to have you Put like Perter in, in your pocket and <laughs> over here and here's me. I'm good. Like, I'm good. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, uh fellow listeners, be the best and subscribe to our show on the platform of your desire. We would love to read a review from you. So follow us on Facebook and investigate our Instagram, both at the BBCE. Uh, you can wander into our lovely little world at www.thebestbookclubever.com where you can find more information about all the fun things we discussed in this week's show. And our amazing Katie uh, is doing the blog and she is very skilled at her writing. I just love reading uh, what she writes. It's all beautiful and she amazes me. Um, so listen in next week. Uh, we're going to talk more about the Book of Longings by Sumat Kid. We will rate it and we will let you guys know, uh, give you some ideas on how you can entertain for your book club. Um, I just want to bless the largeness and each of you are amazing listeners. And don't forget to be the best you you can be because after all, there is only one of you. The end. Now it's time for some bloopers. Mandy, I <laughs> thought you were twirling a banana peel in your hair. I, I had no like, idea what I was why doing. Why is she putting... She has a little yellow hair tie scarf, and I was like, "It does look like a banana peel." Putting a banana peel in her hair. What? I was just being stupid. (laughs) I really thought I was like dying over here. I was like, "Me curling a banana peel." Oh, now it's in her hair. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "What am I doing?" Okay, well, I'm already doing it, so I'm gonna talk. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Holly works super hard at editing our show every week, and she does an amazing job. So if y'all drop a note, that would really let us know that um, we would her love editing it. skills matter. <laughs> uh, no, let's not just put it on that. Good gosh, that's the worst part of the podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> please. Oh, but it's super important.